When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's Gialta on a breakaway. He scores! Brian Gialta gets his first as a Bruin. And Boston leads 2-1 in the final half minute of the opening period. Gio, congratulations on your uh, your first goal with the Bruins on Thursday night. Yeah, I was uh, jacked up about it. Ah, and there you go. We're bringing our we're bringing our next guest down memory lane and a little of the present too. There, as you heard, his uh, first goal with the Boston Bruins. But of course, he had plenty of goals back in the day. Uh, just a little, little west of uh, TD Garden, uh, or actually the old Boston Garden, I think maybe when he was there, it might have been. I'm not sure. We'll get it from him uh, when he played for Boston College and the Eagles there. And he's joining us now. Uh, and it's Brian Ajanta. Gio, congratulations on your uh, your first goal with the Bruins on Thursday night. Yeah, I was uh, jacked up about it. Uh, obviously, being back in the city uh, feels right and feels good, and uh, I'm just pumped to, to be a part of this team. Yeah, and you know, as I as I realized in that intro there, I was making you a little older than you were. It, what, it was actually the new garden then, because I actually uh, was at that game. Uh, I think you might have been a freshman, right? Yeah, when you guys, when you lost to uh, Michigan. In the uh, final at the Garden, right? Yeah, that was a uh, '98 Finals. Uh, I was a freshman. It was a tough one to swallow. It was uh, the old Fleet Center at the time, yeah. and uh, you know it was it was tough. It was one of those games we should have had. Yeah, it was an overtime one too. And I remember you guys made it again, and you lost. And then I believe what was it, 2001? You finally got it, right? And they helped win it for Boston College. Galanos, and he got. Exactly. We were in the finals three of my four years and lost in the semis the other year. So it was uh, my senior year. We finally pulled through and, and won one against uh, North Dakota up in uh, Albany, actually. I remember that. Yeah, so uh, your neck of the woods, of course, you're from Rochester there. And Actually, I, I remember, too, I was having a conversation uh, earlier today before we started recording this uh, with one of your former teammates from your freshman year there, Chris Masters. And, uh, <laughs> Masters, yeah. Yeah, yes. <laughs> He's doing all right. He runs the uh, Junior Bruins here in uh, Marlboro, Mass. But, yeah, we were talking about that. He's like, oh, he's like, I was always jealous of, of Geo, man, because he finally got to get that national title. So, um, But that, those were good days there. And I, I guess before we get into, you know, the current times there, I mean, just what did you take uh, from your time here in Boston, you know, both on and off the ice, but specifically, I guess, playing for a, a coach like Jerry York. I mean, how did that shape you as a player as you entered the NHL? Well, I think he has a huge influence on you. Uh, as a young guy, you're, you, you're there, right? Like, uh, you're at his – you're growing up underneath him. And uh, he does a great job of, of um, you know, taking care of his players. Uh, he's just a super nice guy, like uh, a guy that – um, everyone wants their kids to be around. And I think it was just uh, to be able to play for him and at BC was, was un, unreal for me. 
Yeah, and then, you know, I mean, you go into the NHL, right, and, like, what is it, your second season, uh, you're already winning a Stanley Cup with the New Jersey Devils. I mean, it, what was that like at such a young age? The celebration starts for the New Jersey Devils for the third time in their history. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I was very fortunate to come into a great team, a uh, very established team in New Jersey, team that had won a couple Stanley Cups in the previous three, four years. Um, and, you know, we had great coaching. We had Pat Burns, um, a guy that uh, I have a lot of respect for. And uh, we had just, you know, obviously Hall of Famers uh, all around that room. And so as a young guy growing up in that, in that environment, with that locker room, with those guys, I learned a lot uh, from my time in Jersey. Yeah, that, it was just unreal. They, and obviously, they're, they're kind of a, a staple for organizations that came after that. A lot of, a lot of different teams sort of modeled themselves after them. And, you know, I, I kind of look at them like they're like the, the older version of the New England Patriots in sports because they, they remind me a lot of how Belichick ran things, you know? Absolutely. Heavy discipline. Um, you know, a lot of uh, giving yourself to the team, you know, uh, short hair, shaving, little, little disciplines like that that are – uh, you know, you kind of unselfishness and you give yourself to the team. So you look back, right, on your career right now, and, and like, you know, players will always say, but it, it's not it's not just hyperbole. It's not just a saying. Like, it's it's real that, you know, you never know when you're going to win one again, right? And you, you won it early, but then you never won a cup after that. And now, you know, you're on a team in the Boston Bruins, and I, I'm guessing, you know, we're not trying to get ahead of ourselves here, but – uh, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, they've got a realistic shot to make a run here. Talk to us about sort of the um, evolution of the talks between you and the Bruins, when it began, and, and how much, you know, as you've watched them develop this season and become the team they have so fast, how much of that uh, really enticed you uh, to sign here in Boston? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously that was one of the things uh, I was looking for as a team that uh, had a chance um, like you said, it's, uh, there's nothing better than winning a Stanley Cup, and you never know when you're going to have that chance. And played on some good teams after that went to conference finals. And uh, watching this team all year, you know, um, obviously they're one of the teams that was interested, uh, you know, throughout the year. And so um, to have that chance, I, I was able to watch them play and kind of see where they're going as a team. And, uh, you know, it was a great fit for myself uh, coming into it. And one thing I've noticed, Brian, is just how fast you and the other new additions, uh, you know, whether it's Tommy Wingles, Nick Holden, or Rick Nash, just how fast you guys seem to have gelled into this dressing room. Uh, you know, I, I, you're on the ice, I see it as well. But, you know, when I've been in that locker room, I can just see sort of how you've embraced the, your new teammates and, and also they've embraced you. Quick, Talk to us just about that element and obviously how important that is at this time of year when you come in and they've, they've sort of been playing together for a while. So for you to be able to step in there and sort of just seamlessly fit right in, how great has that been? It's been a great transition. I've said it before that uh, it, it, it speaks to the room they have and uh, the four guys that came in, uh, you know, like you said, it fits seamlessly. It's, it's because of uh, the guys are in that room and, uh, what type of guys they are and how accepting they are. And, um, you know, it, it shows uh, a lot uh, for that room to, to be able to accept that many guys and, and so seamlessly. 
Yeah, and it's, it's something, I mean, uh, and I'll tell you, I mean, you look at the job Don Sweeney did at the deadline, but also just in, in signings and drafting. Uh, and I'll tell you, one of our sponsors is ZipRecruiter. And I don't know if they have a, a ZipRecruiter for the NHL, but it's a great place if you're an employer and you're trying to find the, the best employees like Don Sweeney has obviously done uh, with you and the new acquisitions, it's a great place to go. Are you hiring, posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it? Well, ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BruinsBeat. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BruinsBeat. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. When you looked at what Sweeney had done, Brian, not just, you know, with the team currently, but you look at the way he's drafted. And I know, as you, you know, players, as they get older, they really pay attention to that. And obviously, when you're picking and choosing where you're going to go, you want to you want to look at what the GM's doing, how the coach approaches things. What's it, what was it like before you got here looking from the outside at what Sweeney's done in the last few years, sort of revamping the system, but also keeping the current roster in place to compete? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's the biggest challenge I think in today's NHL is, um, you know, obviously drafting is a, a big part of it, but I think development is a huge part. And I think, uh, you see the, the guys that are coming through here, the way they've been able to develop them, uh, get them ready to be uh, playing at such a high level so early on. Um, you know, I, I think it uh, it speaks to their development, obviously identifying through the draft, but also, um, you know, more so getting the hands on the, on the players after the draft. Yeah. It's uh, it's unreal. I mean, I look. I'm gonna. I, I'm eating some crow too. I mean, I, when they fired Peter Chiarelli, I was like, you know, what's going on here? And it's just there's all sorts of chaos. And um, you know, coming in replacing a GM that had won a cup too, and everything that Chiarelli did here had to kind of be a challenge for Sweeney. And, and I, you know, I give him props, man. He, he's done an amazing job, and he he sort of stuck to his guns. Well, he got a lot of criticism from the media and fans, and uh, traded away, you know, some guys that were key elements of that of the cup teams in 2013, 2011. And I mean, speaking of 2011, Brian, you were on the opposite side that time, and you you got to play on both sides now of the the Bruins Canadians rivalry. Interception to Gomez, what a ticket to be! 325 left in the third. Canadians intercept. Good play there by Gomez. Passed it back. The shot comes. Score. Set it up on the play. And Giada gets his second goal. Um, but you look back to that series with the hat, you know, the Bruins halves in 2011 in the opening round. I mean, that was just, that was one for the ages. And like, you know, I look at it that whoever, I was, I remember sitting there, you know, when the Bruins tied the series in Montreal in game four, I remember looking at the guy next to me and saying, you know, whoever wins this series, I think, has a great chance of going on a run. Now, I want to get—I never got the, the Canadians' perspective at that time. Did you guys sort of feel that way? Like, man, we were so close to possibly, you know, reaching the promised land. You were in the conference finals before. I, I mean, what was the, the vision like 
on the Canadian side in that series? Yeah, it was uh, it was heartbreaking because we knew it was obviously we had such a good team, um, and we had you know we had that series. You come into Boston, you win the first two games in Boston, and you're going back home uh, to the Bell Center. You know it was for sure. We we thought all right, um, you know we got our hands on this series. Let's just go finish it. And you know that was an uh, it was a great series, epic series. It was. That game seven, uh, either OT or double OT if possible. Came up high, battled for there, swung along by Subban, canceled out by McQuaid, taken to the outside and led on back now for Horton. Score! Yeah, it was double. Um, yep. it, was, it, uh, it was a heartbreaker. And then, you know, to go and watch them at the time, the rivals go on and, and win the cup, it was, it was tough knowing that we had such a good team and, such a good shot at, at being where they were. I actually, speaking of eating crow, I said I ate it that time because I actually picked you guys in six in that series. I picked the Canadians in six, and I I got killed in Boston then. But, you know, I just saw it like I was. I, I covered your run when you guys lost to the Flyers the year before, and I was I was working with NHL.com, and I was just I, – I just – you know, you had, you had a really good nucleus there. I mean, yeah, Gomez maybe was falling off offensively, but still he had sort of that, that, you know, that playoff experience. And you guys had some chemistry, obviously, from your Devils days. And um, I remember him feeding you for a goal. I think it was in game two of that series. I, I just – I don't know. I, like I said, whoever wins this is going deep. But this is going to be one epic one. And it was. It was something else. Um, you've also been on the other side of a, another big uh, old-school rivalry in the Sabres and Bruins. And obviously that must have been so special for you to captain – uh, the team back in the neck woods where you grew up. Uh, just talk to us about your experience in Buffalo too. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, obviously, on ice uh, was disappointing. Uh, you you want to be competing for a Stanley Cup and, and going through the playoffs, and unfortunately, we didn't have the teams uh, to do that in my time there. But to play, you know, in front of family and friends and, and near home, um, you know, the team that you kind of. Uh, you, you watch the Amherst, their minor league team growing up, and, uh, you know, so you, you watch the Sabres. So it was it was a special couple of years for me uh, to be able to kind of cap it, uh, you know, go there as you're older, uh, can appreciate it more. Um, you know, just wish we had a little more success. Yeah, it's something else. Now, it, with your uh, your family right now, I mean, it was is your wife from, from that area too, or did you guys meet, uh, you know, along one of your stops in the NHL? No, she's uh, she's from Rochester as well, um, so we still have a summer place on the lake up there, and um, you know we always go back there. So it's that's what I mean. There's a, there's a lot of family and friends still in that area, and so uh, it, it was a, a great few years for us. And of course, you know, I mean, I, so apparently Brian didn't need uh, E Harmony, which is one of our great sponsors here, and I don't, I'm not even sure they're around then, but. Uh, they do a great job of uh, matching you up and, and compatibility. And if you're trying online dating, chances are you've run into lazy text messages, dead-end conversations, and random matches that don't turn into dates. eHarmony is unlike many other online dating sites. They take steps that other dating sites don't in order to find you a more compatible match. They are built to help you find lasting, meaningful relationships, not a shallow hookup site. eHarmony uses years and years of science data and psychological research to send you the right matches. Right now, my listeners can get a free month with eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription. Enter my code BOSTONBEAT at checkout. 
Stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps, but when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love. That's eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. And remember, enter my code, BostonBeat at checkout. Uh, Brian, you mentioned, you know, you look at the NHL over the course of your career and how much it's changed. And you came in just before the salary, salary cap was implemented. Um, but you, most of your career, you've seen how that's affected the game. And we've talked about how Don Sweeney's managed it and, and sort of balanced the future in the now and, and keeping a core together. But I wonder, as a player, as you've watched this develop, what's that been like for you just sort of, you know, learning the game and how it's changed, whether it's how the cap affects it, whether it's the rule changes that's come in, What's that been like for a player as you've gone on throughout your career? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting to see how it's progressed and where it's gone from not being there. And it's, I think it's a huge part uh, to how teams, one, uh, can compete for a cup and, and two, how they can sustain their year after year. And it's, it, it makes it harder and harder to, to be that team that um, is good year in and year out. And, yeah, I give a lot of credit to the GMs and the, the assistant GMs and the numbers guys for uh, really trying to figure things out. And um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges in, in today's game is, is trying to keep that core together. You know, I remember when, uh, when Recky was here, I, I kind of got to know him before that because we had some mutual friends, but we, him and I would just always talk after practices and, you know, kind of shoot the breeze about stuff like that and, you know, who's hot around the league and who's, who's up against the cap and who's making this deal and that. Do you, do you find yourself, I mean, has you found yourself as you got older kind of paying attention to that and really kind of noticing all the little transactions around the league? Yeah, absolutely. You, uh, you definitely, as you get older, you become more in tune to what's going on around the league and what certain teams are doing and how they're, uh, why and how they're making moves. Uh, for what reasons? I think as a young guy, you're just uh, trying to go about and and stick stick with it and and stay day in and day out in the NHL. And then as it progresses, as you get older, um, you know you start looking around the league and seeing how teams do certain things and and uh, how they control, you know, whether it's the cap or or young guys or draft picks, things like that. Is that something? I mean, like you ever think about that post career if you'd ever get into management or something like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's something I've looked at, and um, I'm not quite sure when I'm done uh, where I want to be, but for sure would like to stay in the game. It's just uh, a matter of uh, at what, what level and, and, you know, kind of the involvement and uh, what kind of commitment to, to it you want to make. For sure. And, you know, Brian, I mean, another thing that you've obviously been involved with as a player, and then, you know, I know just being a proud American hockey player is USA Hockey and uh, you just got to go over to the Olympics there and it didn't go the way you wanted. And obviously there was kind of that cloud of no NHL uh, players being there. Um, but still just the experience must've been unreal. I mean, anytime I, I imagine you throw on that USA Jersey, uh, the circumstances around you don't really matter. Right. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, it's always a special moment. Anytime you can represent your country and, and you know wear your colors it's uh it's a special moment yeah for sure it was it was a disappointment you know i thought we had a good team and 
uh, you know, we had a chance. Obviously, uh, you never like to see things come down to a shootout in an elimination game, but um, that's how it how it falls, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. But I thought, you know, we battled hard, and obviously going in, uh, we wanted to be a team that competed for a medal, and uh, to be that close was was kind of tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna show my age here with my next question here, but uh, you know, I, and I got to tell our listeners too. Speaking of showing my age, uh, I noticed in the last couple of years, I don't know whether it's stress and covering all these uh, exciting playoff series or what. I'm starting to lose a bit of hair here, and I want to tell our listeners you got to go uh, check out hymns.com. You know, guys, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, you reach a certain age and you start to notice these. These little receding hairlines and, and, and a bald spot there and a bald spot there. And look, I came from a family that pretty much on both sides had a, a head full of hair. Uh, my grandfather, when he went, he had a head full of hair. My dad, when he went, and my grandfather on his side, uh, lots of hair when they, when they went and left this earth. But I don't know, maybe it's a stress, but I'm noticing some bald spots now. And let me tell you, I've gone to uh, forhims.com. And this is the solution. Listen, 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. The thing is, when you start to notice that hair loss, it's too late. It's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. So get a head start. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Any bald spots yet? How you feel for a year from now if it's business as usual up there? I'm telling you, get ahead of it right now. Because I'm asking you, do you want a bald spot to pop up or do you want to do something about it first? Why do guys turn to weird solutions when they can just turn to medicine and science? That's where forhims.com comes in. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat their hair loss. No waiting room, no awkward doctor visits. Save hours by going to forhims.com. So easy. Answer a few quick questions and the doctor will review and prescribe you. Products are shipped directly to your door. Like I said, guys, this is what I did and I'm really happy about it. So order now. My listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today right now while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. Again, Listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 right now while supplies last. See website for full details. And again, this would cost you hundreds if you just went to the doctors or pharmacy. When you go to forhims.com, type in the code BEAT. That's forhims.com slash BEAT. Forhims.com slash BEAT. Um, but, you know, I remember... I think it was the 1992 Olympics. I was in high school and I, you know, I was a Bruins fan growing up to going to the old Boston garden. And I remember a couple, couple rookies coming in, Brian. Uh, I don't know if you remember this coming out of, what was it? Albertsville where they played. And it was uh, Bob Joyce and uh, Ted Donato coming in to help the Bruins with a little late season run straight out of the Olympics. And, and you know, fast forward to now uh, we could see Teddy's son coming in and you got to see him firsthand uh, playing with Team USA, what were your impressions of this kid, and, and what do you see for him in the future? First of all, he's a, he's a great kid, uh, great around the room, you know, uh, just a great uh, a kid. I mean, and that's what he is. I mean, he's a heck of a talent. He's He was a huge part to our team, and, uh, you know, obviously on ice skills, uh, he's he's ready to make that jump. Whether he does or not, I'm not sure, but 
Uh, he's a great guy in the room with a ton of talent, and he'll have a long future in the NHL for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen him play a couple times at Harvard. I haven't interviewed him yet, but, man, the kid just – he's got – you know, and you, you see it, right? I mean, you recognize it being in the league for so long when, when the kid just has that natural poise, right, and that natural sort of – I don't mind the moment I'm in. This is cool. I'm, and, you know, I, I look at it right now, some of the kids the Bruins have, right, that are already on the team – What's been your impression of those young guns that the Bruins have, whether it's, you know, a DeBrusque or a Pasenik? I mean, what have you thought of them so far? Yeah, the same thing. It would, it would amaze me, and that's what I touched on earlier about the development and the development side of things after you draft a kid, uh, is how skilled these guys are and how they can make that jump so seamlessly. Um, you have young kids playing big roles in, in the NHL right now, uh, especially for us. Um, you know, they're poised on the ice. Um, you know, they don't really fold under that pressure of a, of a big game or a big matchup. Or uh, I, I think that's where teams, you see teams have success. And I think that's where Boston's done a great job. And I know he's a BU guy, but speaking of what we're talking about here, man, I, I think the, the one that shows that the most right now is without question Charlie McAvoy. Nash fishes it out of his skates, finds Charlie McAvoy. He's breaking with Marchand, two on one against Justin Falk. McAvoy shot, scores! Charlie McAvoy buries it, and the Bruins come home with an overtime victory. I mean, I haven't seen in my time covering the Bruins, and I've covered them off and on for about 17 years. I, I haven't, I haven't seen a kid come in like that. And look like such a ten-year veteran, and no, not that he's. It, it, when I say no fear, I don't mean like he's careless out there. He's 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 careful. He's aware of what he's doing, but just that fearless, you know, attitude he has. And I thought the perfect example was that Carolina game when he scored the OT winner. I mean, how many kids take that shot as opposed to looking for the pass when they're they're breaking down there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a huge key to our team. And obviously with the injury, um, you know, it, it sets us back. But that's that's the poise and everything that they have nowadays coming in. Their confidence level and their skill set is so high that they're able to make that transition uh, in the NHL so seamlessly. Is, is there a defenseman in your – I don't know, I hate doing this sometimes. It's, it's kind of a, a tough question to answer. But when you, you – your first impression of him and you started maybe in your head, you think of, oh, wow, he reminds me of – is there somebody he reminds you of that you played with or played against over the years? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think they're mo so, go ahead, mobile and, and, and able to jump in the play. Um, you know, I, I, he's a little bigger than a Rafalski that I played with in New Jersey, uh -huh. but he's able to move the puck up out of your own zone. Uh, much like a Rafalski or a, or a Niedermeyer. Um, a little different than both those guys, but just in terms of him being able to kind of be that breakout guy for you and not spend so much time in your own zone, uh, yeah. I think that's what I've seen in a short time. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I I got to watch him play when I was a kid, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put, put these lofty expectations on. I don't think it's fair, but – I, I got to be honest, like I see a little Ray Bork in him and maybe it's just his stature and his build. Not, you know, like he's clearly not where Bork was yet, but he could yeah. get there someday. But maybe it's just that, you know, he's, he's a little shorter, but he's got that, that sort of bulky build and, and he does all the things you just said, like a Niedemeyer and a Rafalski. So, I mean, I, I think the sky's the limit for this kid and hopefully he gets healthy for the playoffs. 
Hey, listen, Brian, before we let you go, I want to tell you too, I know you and I had a, uh, we had a convo uh, about uh, the other company I work with, Live Barn. So I, I'm going to have to, for you coming on here, I'll get you a free promo for Live Barn, all right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I need it now that I'm uh, away from the kids' game. So I'm always tuning in now. Oh, yeah, I bet, man. You got it on when you get back to the uh, back to the room. You got to watch it. It's good, man. I mean, I love it, too. And I, you know what, too? I, I'm probably looking at a lot of your kids' highlights. I'm always cutting up stuff from, uh, like, Bill Gray's and uh, some of those other <laughs> uh, yep. So I'm sure I'll see him. If something comes along and I see it, I'll, I'll get it forwarded to you, all right? <laughs> Sounds good. I appreciate that. Sounds good. Listen, Brian, we appreciate you taking the time. And uh, welcome back to Boston, my friend, all right? Thanks. I'm loving it. I appreciate all the support. Yeah, it's Brian Jonter joining us here on the Bruins Beat. What a great addition he's been for the Bruins uh, since uh, Sunday. I think it was uh, February 25th, uh, right before the deadline. Don Sweeney signed him, and uh, he could become a pivotal acquisition if he hasn't already uh, for the Boston Bruins. This is Jimmy Murphy, uh, and this has been the Bruins Beat on CLNS. We'll talk to you next week. Here's Gianta on a breakaway. He scores. Brian Gianta gets his first as a Bruin. And Boston leads 2-1 in the final half minute of the opening period. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We always could spot a friend. Welcome back. And I smile when I think how it must have been. And I know what a scene you were learning in. Was there something that made me come back again? And what could ever lead you? What could ever lead you? Back here where we need you. Back here where we need you. Yeah, we tease him a lot because we got him on the spot. Welcome back. 